0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. I want to talk to you tonight about worship of God. We want to worship the Lord, and that's why we're here tonight. And so, look at Psalms 96 and verse 9. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, fear before him all the earth. What do you think of when you hear that word worship? I know it means to attribute worth to, but what do you think of? Worship, singing a song, going to a a meeting where People are praising the Lord with instruments of music. That's all fine and well. But it's a lot more than that. We're going to talk about that tonight. Now, angels, we know the Bible speaks of angels as being created before man was ever created. And also, if you want to call them the big three are mentioned in the Bible. They are Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer from the very beginning. Gabriel, we know, was uh, God's messenger, angel. And we can call him his communications director, like Ryan Seacrest, communications director. He sent to uh, Zechariah and said, you're going to have uh, a child. Your wife Mary is going to conceive. And Zechariah was, of course, not in favor of that, I guess. He doubted that. And what happened? Gabriel said, I am Gabriel. And I just came from the presence of Almighty God. And you say, no. You say, how? He didn't take it lightly, did he? You'll be struck dumb now. You won't say another word till your son is born. And then, of course, he got his speech back after John the Baptist was born. Then he was sent to Mary and told Mary, Mary, you'll conceive in your womb the Son of God. His name was Gabriel. He sent a message. The communications director. And, of course, Mary received the word of the angel. And, of course... She conceived in her womb the Son of God. and gave birth to the Son of God. Well, Michael is the warrior angel. And I just named him Rock the Rock. Dwayne Johnson. Why? Because he's the warrior angel. He's the one that fights for the people of God. And when Gabriel was sent to Daniel in Daniel chapter 10, what are we told? For 21 days, he's fasting. And Gabriel said, I've come for your words. And I came the first day that you began to speak to the Lord. But the prince of Persia interrupted me along the way and tried to withstand me. But Michael came. And Michael fought. And he relieved me. He took on the battle so I can come and communicate with you what the word of the Lord is. So he had his place. He had his position. But then there's Lucifer. Lucifer is the worship leader in heaven. Heaven's worship leader. I don't want to name him anybody that's a person that I know. So I took some fictional name, the Joker. And he is the Joker. Wouldn't you say? Now he, look in Ezekiel chapter 28. He led worship in heaven and he was so close to God. He was so intimate with God. That he allowed that closeness and that intimacy to lead him down a wrong path. But let's read it. Thou wast in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle and gold. The workmanship of thy tibrets and of thy pipes was in thee. In the day that thou was created, they were prepared. Thou wast the anointed cherub that covereth. And I set thee so that thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created. Until righteousness, unrighteousness was found in thee. Self-generated pride led to his fall. But notice, here he is in this wonderful place of worship. Leading all of creation in the worship of the living God. What a position to hold. What a place to be in. But it went to his head. Look at the book of Isaiah. Chapter 14. As a result of his self-generated pride. He fell from the presence of God. But notice this. How art thou fallen from heaven? O Lucifer, son of the morning. How art thou cut down to the ground. Which didest weaken the nations. For thou hast said in thine heart. I will ascend unto heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the Lord of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Notice all the eyes that are in there. Self-generated pride caused him to fall. See, he left worshiping God and leading others in the worship of God. To wanting to be worshipped by all of creation himself. He wanted to usurp God's authority. He stepped beyond the boundaries. That God established for his being. And the position that he was in. And as a result. He was cast down. He was cast out. Well. He's now a rebel deceiver. Who hates God. And hates everyone made in the image of God. And what does he do? Steal, kill, and destroy. And the number one thing he really wants to do is to steal the worship of God. To take the worship of God himself and stop people from truly worshiping him. And he does it through deception. Now, when we were created by God, we were created to worship him. Look at the book of Psalms, 100, beginning at verse 1. We've been created by our creator and our primary ministry is to worship him, to praise him, to live for him, to love him, to surrender to him. But notice this, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people. He made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving in your heart and into his course with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generation. So in this psalm, we recognize that God made us and not we ourselves. So we don't belong to ourselves. We belong to him. And we are instructed to come before his presence with thanksgiving, with praise and adoration to him for who he is. But then look at the book of Revelation. In chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. The four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Why? For thou hast created all things for thy pleasure. They are and they were created. Every one of us has been created for his pleasure. Every one of us has been created to worship him, to exalt him, to magnify him, to live for him. So, as true worshipers of God, this is our number one ministry, our primary ministry. But yet, it seems like as though the enemy has come along to still that worship. And I want to show you this. The first Adam, go back to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6. The first Adam was tempted. Eve ate of the fruit of the tree, we know that, gave to her husband, she ate that. But notice this. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and she did eat, and gave also her husband and with her, and he did eat. The bait that the devil used was food. They took the bait, they ate the food, and as a result, listen, they worshiped. Him, Satan. It wasn't just sinning against God. He was out for more than that. He wanted their worship. He wanted them to bow down to him. And so he used bait, and the bait was food. And they saw the food. She saw the food. She said, it looks good. There's nothing wrong with it. As a result, they did it, and they fell, and he received their worship then came along the second adam or we could say the last adam jesus and look in matthew's gospel chapter four now keep in mind what he is really after is the worship of man man's been made in the likeness image of god and satan wants the worship of man so now the last adam comes along he is baptized in water He, Jesus, is anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. He goes about doing good, healing all that are oppressed of the devil for God's with him. But he comes up out of the water and he's led by the spirit to the wilderness where he is going to be tempted 40 days and 40 nights of the devil. And the tempter comes along and what's the first thing that he uses? Food. The same thing he used with Adam and Eve. But you see, Jesus didn't fall for that. Mm -mm. So the second thing he uses is what? Trickery. I'm going to quote scripture and I'm going to trick him into worshiping me. And the third thing we see right here, when Jesus didn't bow to that, again, the devil takes him up to an exceeding high mountain, shows him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And it saith to him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and, and what? Now the cat's out of the bag. He pulls out the big guns. He knew he didn't fall for the food. He knew he didn't fall for trickery. But now he's going to show them all the kingdoms of the world. And the glory thereof. And says if you will but fall down and worship me. I'm going to give this all to you. And Jesus saith unto him. Get thee hence Satan. For it is written. Thou shalt worship. Worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him. You want to get the devil to leave? You want to get the devil to leave? Okay. And behold, angels came and ministered unto him. So, Jesus was not going to worship the devil. He made it perfectly clear. That is what his stand was. And what does he say? Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. When trickery came along, what does he say? We're not to be presumptuous and foolish in our relationship with God. We're not going to act out and do something so silly, so foolish, so presumptuous. Like we don't play with rattlesnakes. We don't drink battery acid just to show that we serve God. And anyone that does that is foolish and presumptuous. Thirdly, what does he say? Only God is man to worship. Man is to worship the living God. And only God shall he serve. And that's my position. And that's my stand. And what happened? The devil left. So if the enemy is going to come and try to get us to worship him... What's he going to do? Attack us in the physical realm. Not just with food, but our senses, our feelings. He's going to come along and try to distract us so that he could take the worship that belongs to God and receive it himself from us. Keep that thought in your mind. Secondly, he's going to attack us in the realm of our reasoning and make us think things that are wrong. Why? So we can dominate our minds with worry, anxiety, fear, and fretting, and frustration, and insecurity, and and all kinds of emotional uh, characteristics that really bow to him. Those emotional giants don't come from the throne of God. You know, my Bible says it's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's meekness, goodness, temperance, and faithfulness. Those are the the fruits of the Spirit, are they not? But see, when we fail to realize that worry and fear and anxiety, what does it do? It gives the worship to the enemy. We're consumed with all that. See, worship is not just coming here and singing a song. It's what we bow down to. And a definition, look at John's gospel, chapter four, A definition of uh, worship really is to surrender the heart to, what you bow down to. Look at John's gospel, chapter 4. Beginning at verse 20. This is the dialogue between Jesus and the woman at the well. And of course, he shouldn't be talking to her because she's a woman and she's a Samaritan and all that. And we know all the ins and outs of that behind that. Well, she finally talks back and says, our fathers worshiped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Now, notice she equates worship with a place. You do it in the temple in Jerusalem. We do it here in Mount Gerizim in the mountain. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh, when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is. When the true worshipers, you want to be a true worshiper? The true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh us to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am He. Oh my. He didn't hold back, did he? I am the Messiah. I am the Christ. And I'm giving you a lesson on worship. The time has come and now is today. The true worshipers of God will worship him. Two components to genuine true worship, Jesus said. Number one, in spirit. And number two, in truth. In spirit means from the heart. It deals with the inward part of the man. The internal part of the man. See, he took our eyes off of a place, a temple, a mountaintop. And back then we realized that if you were going to worship God, you had to be in the temple and to go through the rituals. But he's saying, look, that's all changed now. It's internal. From your heart, man is going to be able to worship God. It means to bow down, to surrender your heart. To give yourself in spirit over to the Lord. To give him your heart. To be born again washed in his precious blood. To be filled with the Holy Ghost. To get that spirit on the inside. Not just saved but empowered by the Holy Spirit. You are giving yourself in adoration and worship and praise to the living God. From the innermost part of your being. And it's something that is expressed from the inside out. Because you see true heartfelt worship and praise begins from within the heart of a man. And it rises up. On the inside. Now secondly in truth. Truth. And remember the scripture says. Thy word is truth. Only the word of God reveals to us. What truth really is. And if I'm going to worship him. As a true worshiper. I must do it in spirit and truth. Which means I must renew my mind. To the word of God. True worship is an expression. Of the revelation of who God is. And what he's done for us. It's not just coming and clapping our hands and singing a song. Nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. But how many of you know that we can come together like on a night like this and just and sing a song and the heart be far from what we're doing. Isn't that true? Have you found yourself sometimes we're singing a song and you're wondering and then you go, thanks. I needed that. Have you ever done that? Your mind's just going off over here. In other words, your spirit and your soul, your mind, you are focused. You are focused on the living God. You surrendered your heart to him. And now you're in a place where you're going to give over your mind to him. And you're going to join forces together against your physical body who's probably tired and wanting to pass out and fall asleep and all that because you've worked all day long. And what you're going to do is just say, wake up, rise up. And serve the Lord from your heart and worship your Creator because that is why you were created by Him. First and foremost, to do what? To worship Him from the depth of our souls. Now, look in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 5. When we gain a revelation of the truth of God's Word, who He is and what He's done for us, they rise up on the inside of us and then they're expressed with gratitude and thanksgiving from the heart. That is what true worship really is. I think I've shared this with you a few times before, but it bears repetition. I remember one day I was, uh, we were going, I was actually going with my children to get lunch. When I got out of the car in the parking lot, I was reviewing in my mind certain truths from the Bible. I remember the day before I went off to school how I knew very little about the things of God. And then now being in the position that I was in as a minister, I just had in my spirit rehearsed these particular truths. Jesus Christ has been made to me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And what I did was I began to meditate all four of these as I was driving to the place to eat. And all of a sudden in my spirit, I said, thank God you are my wisdom. You are my ability to use knowledge For my own personal gain. You see there's. Facts of knowledge. Which is. You've got knowledge. You've got understanding. And you've got wisdom. Really. Knowledge is just but the facts. Understanding is a revelation of. Of the facts. And how to use them. But wisdom is the practical application of the fact to your life. So it could be something. That you can benefit from. And so I said Jesus. You are my wisdom. All I have to look. All I have to do is look to you. If I want wisdom. You're my righteousness, my standing before the throne of almighty God. You are my righteousness. That means I'll never become more righteous than I am right now. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm not a worm in the dust. I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I was a sinner. I've been saved by grace. I'm your righteousness right now. And that just blesses my heart, Jesus. You're my sanctification. As much as we could try to be good in the flesh... We cannot be good enough in the flesh to satisfy God. But thank God we're sanctified by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. He's become our sanctification. There's no effort here. Just let him be your sanctification. And then you are my redemption. Oh, thank God I've been redeemed. I've been purchased by the blood of the lamb. I've been set free from the power of the enemy. Praise God. I have been delivered from the powers of darkness and translated into the kingdom of the son of his love. I have redemption through his blood, the remission of all my sins. Praise God. And I'm thinking about this. And it's exciting me on the inside. I get out of the car. I'm walking with the kids. I walk into the the restaurant. And when I got there, I just said, glory to God. Hallelujah. Out loud. Not realizing I said it out loud. I thought I was just saying it within. Everybody stopped and kind of looked back like, (laughs) ooh. That is what true worship is. It's when we get a revelation on the inside that moves us to express how we feel. Now, we can use music as a vehicle, but that's not worship. Worship is when it gets in your spirit. It rises up into your soul. It comes out of your mouth. And there's a deep appreciation for the revelation that you have of who God is. And what he's done for all of us. And you express it with worship. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 32. You shall observe to do therefore as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you. Why? That you may live and that it may be well with you. How many want to live? You want it well with you? We all want that, don't we? But notice what he says to do. And that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. How many want to prolong your days? These are things that we all want, right? Absolutely. Well, to worship is to respond to God for the things that he has done for us and also to keep his commandments. Notice in the book of Leviticus. To worship begins with viewing God as being a holy God. And when we get a revelation of the holiness of God... That's when we'll begin from our hearts to truly worship him the way he wants to be worshipped. Here we have a situation where the sons of Aaron died because of irreverence. The Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he hath not commanded them. What did Deuteronomy say? You do what I command you and you do it my way. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. And Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. Let's say that again. I must be regarded as holy. And before all the people, I must be glorified. So Aaron, the father of the two that died, held his peace. Now imagine that. They intruded into a place, an office, that they had no business being in. And when you're in sin and the fire of God's presence is there, the glory of God is there, God's a consuming fire and they died by the fire of the Lord. And when Aaron maybe had the idea that I might complain to God as to why this happened, he said, what did I command? God didn't do it. It was their intruding into a place where they should not have been that caused their death. And he said, I will be regarded as holy. I believe in this generation, we kind of lost sight of that. Especially even when people come to church. That God is a holy God. And when we approach him, we must regard him as holy. And do you remember what Jesus told? If you want to say it was Jesus, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, told Moses in the burning bush what was said to him. Take your shoes off. Remove your sandals. You're standing on holy ground. An act of worship. That was an act of worship. Think about that. That was an act of worship. To take off his sandals. He's standing on holy ground. Was an act of worship. It wasn't singing a song. But something that he did. Out of response to the holiness. Of the living God. Think about it. Look in the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, and I'll show you exactly what it means when a person truly from the heart sees the holiness of God and embraces it. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. So Isaiah was caught up in this vision. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, now this is happening around the throne of God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, woe is me, I am undone. Because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For the mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. He's in this place where he witnesses the holiness of God. And look at the impact it has upon his life. He has clarity. He truly sees God clearly as a holy, holy God. Sometimes I think when we talk about this, you know, I don't know what it is. Maybe this generation, just people don't want to listen to it and approach God in an irreverent way. And what I mean by that is, look, we've had people that take off their hats when we sing the national anthem. If you've ever been at a ball game or something like that, the announcer says, man, remove your hats. Right? Why? Out of respect. For our flag and what it stands for. And those that gave their lives. And died for the freedoms that we have. One time I just said. Like for example about. Some of the groups of today. Worship leaders. Worship groups out there. And singing and all that. Wearing all this stuff. Wearing their hats and all that. No regard. For the holiness of God. And you know it says in the book of uh, Revelation. That even the elders cast down their golden crowns. Before the Lord as they honor Him. But you see, when you talk like that, it's like, oh, you're getting too involved now. What are you saying? And all that. Beloved, I don't believe God has changed. And when Jesus said, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven, I believe He meant that. In other words, come with an attitude. We can come in and we can have donuts in the back and we can celebrate and we can have a great time. But when we gather together in here, don't you believe the atmosphere should change? Don't you believe that we should have a greater consciousness of the presence and holiness of God and that we should reverence his spirit as we allow him to move within our midst? Why? Because he's a holy God and he wants us to recognize that and reverence him. And if we'll do that, if we get a a glimpse, a vision of his holiness, we could be just like Isaiah. Oh, my goodness. Clarity. Then he had conviction. Then he had cleansing. Then he had conversion. He went out to convert others. And what happened? He came from the presence of the living God. And he had this revelation of the holiness of God. Now, second, true worship is made acceptable by Christ. And this is the beauty of true worship in our day. Look at First Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. You also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood. Did you know you're part of the priesthood? to offer up spiritual sacrifices to god acceptable to god by jesus christ you realize that every sacrifice that you and i offer as a sacrifice of praise and worship to god is only made acceptable through jesus christ hebrews 13:15 makes it very clear by him therefore let us offer this to god the sacrifice of praise that is the f- acceptable that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks unto his name jesus makes our sacrifice acceptable Why? Because we don't offer sacrificial lambs. We don't offer the things they offered in the Old Testament. All we offer is one thing. One thing. The sacrifice of praise. The fruit of our lips. The fruit. You know what fruit is? It's the end result. It's not the seed sown into the ground. It's not the plant that's coming up. It's the the fruit that's been ripe and ready for picking. What does that mean? It starts in the heart as a seed. The seed of God's word is being sown within our hearts that God is a holy God and he made us to worship him and honor him in spirit and in truth to get a deep revelation of who he is and what he's done for us through Jesus Christ, his son, our Lord. And we... Look at that. We gaze upon that. Jesus on the cross, you bore my sin. Jesus on the cross, you took my sickness. You took my suffering. You suffered my shame, my mental anguish. All that was placed upon you. And I know that by your stripes, I was healed. And so I am going to worship you. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to glorify you. I'm going to magnify you. I'm going to consider what you've done for me. Something that I should deeply appreciate. And so I'm going to gaze upon it until it takes effect in my spirit. I'm not echoing what someone else says to say. I'm not going to compare it to what else someone told me to do. I'm going to look at it until it hits me as a seed. And then it becomes a plant. And then it becomes fruit on the plant. And then it just pours out in a ripened way. I am going to, from the depth of my soul, worship you, honor you, glorify you. I'm going to praise you with joyful lips because it's the fruit of my lips. I see it clearly now. And I'm going to honor you. So you see, Jesus did all the work for us. And Hebrews says, look, now that our sins have been remitted, now that the way to the Holy of Holies is open, there's a door that's been shut and a door that's been open. The door to the Old Testament law has been shut. You can't approach God by the Old Testament law. We can offer up sacrificial animals and get to the presence of Almighty God. There's no longer a high priest right now in, in, in Jerusalem at the temple that's offering up sacrifice, sacrifices so that they can have their sins covered for another year. That's not happening. They can't do that. They can't enter into the Holy of Holies because the kind of glory is not there any longer. See, that's not, that's not a way that's open any longer. That door has been closed. Good news. The way into the holiest of all has been opened. The veil has been ripped in two. The way to the holiest place of God's presence has been opened for each and every one of us. And this is a new and living way. It's a way that says this. Your sins have been remitted. You've been made whiter than snow. You have access to the throne of God by the person of Jesus Christ and His shed blood. You can walk into the throne of God. You can get right there before the Father, and you can say, "Abba, Father, I belong here. I am Your child. And first and foremost, I have come here to voice my praise to You through the name of Jesus and by the power of His blood. I have come to sacrifice the sacrifice of my praise with the fruit of my lips. Thank you for saving me by your grace. Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for restoring my soul. Thank you for healing my body. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you for being my financier, my Jehovah Jireh. Thank you for being my deliverer. Thank you for, and the list just goes on, my baptizer with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Thank you for living big within me. I just want to lift up my voice before you and praise you and thank you. He said, look come by this new and living way that he has prepared for us, through the, that is to say through his, the veil of his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, our body washed in the pure water of the word of Almighty God, so we come before your throne, Father God, and we've come to worship you, we've come to extol your name on high this is the temple of the living God right now, you are the temple of the living God right now you are a temple of purity, prayer power and perfected praise, and all you need to do to, to, to touch heaven and to touch the throne is to say in the name of jesus and by the blood of the covenant here i am father and i've come to fulfill my first and foremost duty and responsibility and that is to minister to you i've been created to worship you and i want to rise up every morning and just say hallelujah to the lamb of god my god reigns i worship you from the depth of my soul this is a day that you have made for me to rejoice and be glad in listen when we get up and say Another miserable day. I got to go to work. Oh, it hurts over here when I get out of bed. And it's hard. I'm stiff in the morning. I got to, you know, loosen up before I can really get moving and going. You know who you're worshiping? You know who we're worshiping? Think about it. The devil wants our worship. He wants our attention. He wants us to talk about how bad things are, how wrong things are, how much we hurt, how we can't pay our bills. He loves that attention because it all pertains to his kingdom. He doesn't want to hear us say, listen, I'm awake and you better run. Hallelujah. I belong to God and my eyes are open and that's trouble for you, devil. Hallelujah, this is the day the Lord hath made for me to rejoice. I'm rejoicing, I'm going to be glad in it. Oh, I thank God, you you are my lying down, my rising up, my coming in, my going out. You are my everything. You may be the head, not the tail, above only not beneath. As far as I'm concerned, I'm more than a conqueror to him that loves me. I'm a world overcovered by my faith. So let life come my way, praise God. I'm going to stand. I've got Gabriel to give me a message that I need to hear. I've got Michael to defend me and stand with me and fight for me. I've got the name above every other name, the name of Jesus. And as far as I'm concerned, this is a wonderful day to be alive. You just worship God. Hallelujah. You're not giving that worship over to the devil. You want to worship him? I don't. True worship is an act of the will. Look at Psalm 138, verses 1 and 2. I will praise thee with half my heart. When I feel well, I will praise thee with my whole heart before the devil himself. Will I sing praise unto thee? Watch worship leader, or shall I say kicked out, excommunicated worship leader. Watch my lips. Read my lips. I will worship my God I will sing praise before the throne. I'll worship toward the holy temple. I'll praise thy name for the loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Notice the I will. I will, I will, I will, I will. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make her boast of the Lord. The humble will hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me. And delivered me from all my fears. What a bold declaration. Can you say amen? See, we worship God when we take a hold of his word like David did. And when a giant like Goliath comes along and just says, you puny thing, you. You think you're going to defeat me? Look at my muscles. They have muscles. Look at my shield. It's bigger than you are. I've been trained. I've been skilled in karate. And there's nothing that you can do to defeat me because I've got weapons and I've got training and I've got strength and I've got ability. And David let him talk himself out. You want to hear worship of God? I want you to hear something in your ears, Mr. Goliath. You come at me with all your skill, with all your weaponry, I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord of hosts whom you defied this day, the army of the living God. And who do you think you are that you can defy the army of God? This day my God will deliver you into my hands. And this day I'm going to bring you down and cut off your head and feed your carcass to the fowls of the air and all the Philistines with them. He wasn't going to give the devil any attention whatsoever. And what happened? He got what he said. Did he not? Because you see, that's true worship. If we have this in our mind that worship is just coming together and singing a song, we've missed the whole boat. Or praise is just coming and clapping our hands, we've missed the whole boat. Mm -mm. I will praise him who is worthy. I will praise him who is mighty. I have a revelation of his person Of his character, of his power, of his ability. With a stretched out hand and mighty arm he has delivered me. With his finger he cast out the devil. Amen. Jesus said by the finger of God I cast out the devil. Amen. So, you see, when we have a revelation of who God is and a revelation of his holiness, and we reverence him in such a way that we honor him in this temple, which is holy, and we say, I'm surrendering my heart to you. I'm surrendering my life to you. I'm even surrendering my tongue to you to say right things, because I know your word says your heart will rejoice. On Sunday, I talked about that. I pray we all got it. He said within himself, God says, I will cheer when your lips speak right things. Did you hear that? I will cheer for you when your lips speak right things. In my innermost being, he said, I will cheer. Can you imagine God waiting moment by moment, hour by hour, day after day, waiting for us to say something he can cheer over and cheer about? If all we're talking is negative, we're not honoring him. We're not worshiping him. If all we're speaking from our lips is death and destruction and doom and gloom and can't and can't and so on and so forth. We're not honoring him. We're not worshiping him. No wonder he said when you start saying something like this. I've been born of the spirit. I've been washed in the blood. I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. I've been delivered from the powers of darkness. I'm in the kingdom of almighty God. I will praise the Lord who has delivered me from the hand of my enemy. The hand that, what he has in his hand is the curse of the law to bring destruction into my life, but I've been redeemed from the curse of the law, the hand of the enemy, and I have life, and I have that more abundantly. Devil, you may come to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give me life more abundantly, and I'm saying I'm walking in abundant life. I'm not walking in what steals, kills, or destroys. You will not steal my joy. You will not steal my goods. As far as I'm concerned, I'm more than a conqueror to the one that loves me and the greater one lives in me and i'm a world overcomer by my faith guess what god woke up god start cheering for you and for me because we're speaking right things can you imagine him cheering us on hallelujah and then finally worship is not about following the commandments of men like so many think matthew's gospel chapter 15 you hypocrites well, did Isaiah prophesy of you saying this people draws nigh to me with their mouth honor me with their lips, but their heart is where far from me. Listen, but in vain, they do worship me teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men, the commandments of men. A true worship service is not following the ways of man. A true worship service starts right here. On the inside of us. It starts right here. With a revelation of the holiness of God. It starts right here. When we have a revelation. Of his character. Of his person. Who he is. And what he's done for us. A revelation of the work that took place on Calvary's cross. And we keep looking at it. And looking at it. And looking at it. And looking at it. Until when something happens on the inside. It begins a bubbling within our souls. I see it now. I see it now. I see it now. You see, we try to help people to say, myself included, I need help as well as you do. How many of you know that I've got the same flesh you have? This helps me as it helps you. You know, when I got pain and I feel pain and all that, I'm tempted just as you are to say, "Oh, oh, that hurts." Did you know that? Mm-hmm. It's so easy to side with pain, is it not? It's so easy to side with reasoning, is it not? The doctor said, the report said, that this said, your body said, that said and all that. And your neighbor said and everybody else said. And then someone says, say that you're healed by stripes. Okay, so he says, oh, okay, I'm healed by stripes. Oh, my! tell you what, I hurt so bad. I'm telling you, I hurt so bad. See, that tells me, tells all of us that we're not there yet. I said we're not there yet. You see, it's only when we get to a place that, okay, enough is enough. Enough is enough. I am going to get out my Bible. I'm going to do what the scripture says. Jesus was up on that pole. I'm going to gaze into his work with a steady absorbing gaze. I'm going to look and see what he's done and declare he did it for me. And then I'm going to embrace it, take it inside my heart until all of a sudden, it doesn't just come out with, oh, I guess by stripes I'm healed. No, it comes out of the depth of your soul. And you say, glory to God, it can't be any other way. He took it. He bore it. And so, Father, I'm thanking you for it. Praise God, I have it now. I'm rejoicing in the victory that I have. You see, I know it down here. Can you see the difference between the two? That's what this is all about. And that's why we need to encourage each other all the time. Because it's easy to do what? Be tempted by food, the flesh. Feed the flesh, feed the flesh, feed the flesh. It'll, I guarantee you, control your life. Human reasoning. It's not right. It's not reasonable. It's illogical. You can be controlled by that. So can I. You can't walk around the walls of Jericho and think they're going to fall down. If God's in it, you can. We take it to the next depth of the spirit. And in spirit, we get the revelation of it. And now it starts on the inside and rises up. And we declare it in faith, believing. And then the hand of God, praise God, moves in a powerful way as the spirit of God manifests himself. You know, in conclusion, and and then we look at this one verse, but... Can you imagine that the devil was so jealous of Jesus, so jealous of God, the father, God, this God, the Godhead. What did he do? He rebelled, right? Because he wanted. What God has wanted to rise up above God. So obviously he's jealous. Well, can you imagine him just living for the rest of eternity thinking, I wonder who took my position as the worship leader in heaven? Well, it couldn't have been Gabriel because he's too busy giving messages. It couldn't have been Michael because he's too busy fighting battles. I wonder who it is that he put in that position to be the one to lead worship in heaven. Well, guess what? He didn't promote any angel. He created you. And he created me. And he says, I want you to be the one To worship me in spirit and to worship me in truth. I want to hear your voice on high. I want to hear you magnifying my name. Beloved, he put us in a position where you and I can approach his throne and lift up our hearts and voices in praise and adoration. And with all of creation, magnify the king of kings and the Lord of lords. In the book of Revelation, chapter 5. And you know what? We're going to be there. We're going to be there. It starts off by saying there was a book written within on the backside, sealed with seven seals. There was a strong angel that came with a loud voice and saying, Who's worthy to take the book and loose the seals thereof? And there was no one in heaven or on earth or beneath the earth able to take the book, neither to look thereon. And he said, One of the elders came unto him and said, Weep not. He began to weep, because behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, he's prevailed to take the book and loose the seals thereof. And I beheld in the midst of a throne. And of the beast and of the elders stood the lamb as he had been slain. Having seven eyes, seven horns, of the seven spirits of God. Sent forth unto all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when they had taken the book, the four and twenty elders bowed down. Having every one of them harps and golden vows full of odors, which was all the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song. Saying, thou art worthy to take the book and loose the seals thereof. For thou wast re- slain and redeemest to God by thy blood out of every kindred. And tongue and people and nation and you made us kings and priests unto god And we shall reign in all the earth And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and a number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand 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 saying with a loud voice Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power riches wisdom strength honor glory glory and blessing and every creature every creature which is in heaven all on earth or under the earth, such as are in the sea. All that are in them heard I saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him who sits on the throne of the Lamb forever. And the four beasts said, Amen. Four and twenty elders fell down before him and worshiped him the least forever and ever. Beloved, that is a place that you and I are going to be. We are going to participate in that worship service, praise God. And he will hear our voice with all the thousands of thousands and thousands and millions of voices saying, worthy is the Lamb that was slain. But praise God, before we get there and do that, know what he wants to hear from us here? Hallelujah. He wants to hear from us here that we love him. We worship him. Not which is because we play a song. But we worship him from the depth of our soul. Because we know who he is. We know his character. We know what he's done. We know what Jesus did for us. And now he has our voice. Praise God. Where he can hear us shout the praises of God. And worship him in the beauty of holiness. As we ought to. Let's all stand together. Come around this altar. Hallelujah. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife Krista and Krista Assembly Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school, if you're a teenager or a young adult, we have a passion to provide a safe and comfortable environment where you can grow in God and build a solid foundation of His love for you. And with that foundation, we encourage you to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. It is our heart at Christian Assembly to be an outreach, to be the hand of God toward Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We want to join as the body of Christ to make one last trumpet call before the final trumpet sound. And through a life of worship, bring in a harvest of people. With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others.